Warning, this podcast features a lot of nasty and spicy BL titles. Google these titles at your own risk. everyone, I'm Kirsten Santos and this is Fujojocast, a podcast on anime and manga culture with a slight bias towards boys' love and its rotten fans. In this episode, we have the editor-in-chief of Tekia, Emma Hanashiro, to talk about the fascinating online BL manga service called Tekia. In this show, I ask a little about the company, their editorial decisions, and how they navigate the thin line of censorship in distributing these titles globally. We also talk about their favorite titles in the service and maybe mostly mine. Personally, I'm stoked to have this interview as it's been a while since I've been excited about a manga service that is available even in my corner of the world where legal English-translated manga distribution has been inaccessible to many due to our horrible internet infrastructure and other economic challenges. Without further ado, here's my wonderful talk with Emma. Hello, Emma. Hi, good afternoon. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking your time to speak to me here in my little tiny podcast about BL. I've been excited about this, but about this podcast mostly because I am excited by your company and your website and what you're doing. <laughs> and as and I think it's, it's coming from the peripheries, meaning I'm not from, for the longest time, the Philippines and parts of Southeast Asia has been in this really interesting zone in terms of manga publishing and manga Mm -hmm. marketing. And for the longest while, I have friends who are in the U.S. manga industry, and I ask them, why don't you distribute here? Why don't Mm -hmm. you actively, you know, um, actively promote here? And they would say things like, well, it's because it's not really part of our license. And so it's not part of our zone. Mm-hmm. And I think what's fascinating is um, Futekia and Manga Planet came at such a very interesting time um, mm-hmm. in terms of the diversification of manga as a medium, the, the growth of the webcomic industry in Japan and all over the globe. And now finally we have access you know even in the supposedly gray areas like the philippines and so on mm-hmm. um we now have access to not just manga because we had that before but really especially for me personally really fantastic bl titles um <laughs> here in the philippines so i'm so happy to have you as the editor-in-chief in this podcast and we can talk about Putekia more and BL, etc. So, thank you very much, Emma, for this opportunity. Oh, thank you for having me on, and I'm I'm glad to hear. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we're doing, There's we're being good to you. No, uh, yeah, there is something like we, my friends and I host this um, 
convention called Blush Convention, which is uh, it's been around for more than around 14 years, and it's one of Southeast Asia's um, Yooi slash BL Con, Boys Love Con, and um, we have fans who've been looking for BL who have spent insurmountable amounts of money to import BL, and mm-hmm. at some point they would ask me, you know, how do I keep up with the titles? And I said, well, um, I opened an Amazon Japan account just so that I could buy the latest titles mm-hmm. and and so on. And we have to go through this really circuitous way to access BL. But with Futekia, it's a little easier um, mm-hmm. for us. It's still not, I wouldn't say you can have one, you know, I mean, this probably is another conversation, but at least it's a little easier for us to access BL with Putekia. Oh, so my good. question first is, um, why is the website called Futekia? Ah, so I think I talked about this a little bit at uh, FujoCon last week or so. Um, mm-hmm. When I first started proposing the idea of a BL subscription to a company, um, there was really no one else to be in charge of the branding or anything. And so it really came down to just, uh, I was the only foreigner in the office at the time. So it just came down to my decision. So I was really worried about what we're going to name it. And my bosses, because they're not really familiar with BL, which is like, why don't just Tony like come up with a name or something like that? Because Manga Planet was sort of decided like on the spur of the moment. And mm-hmm. so when they first came up with the plan for Tekia, um, it was going to be originally called Manga Moon. And that was just like a stand-in name in my mind, because after a little bit more research, after just, I, in my free time, I, I like to just read books about just like BL culture and like uh, Fujoshi mm. culture and things like that. And there's a, not a very commonly used word, um, like it's only like, I think in one website that's like dated 10 years ago, or more than 10 years ago, <laughs> that has the word teki in it, which means, mm. uh, which like it's it's another play on words like sticky meaning like you don't have like like fearless or like yeah. no enemies and things like that. So in this yeah. in this reincarnation of the word like using the fujoshi no like the fujoshi the fu of the fujoshi, um, it's yeah. being fearless and liking what you like without caring about what other people think in terms like in terms of like BL and maybe other things. So that was sort of the reason why sticky became the base of the word, and then the ya was added like as like a store type situation, like store type indicator as it is in Japan. That's really so that, interesting that's because sort of even, background. yeah, Oops. even for me, when um, I first saw the Futekia name, I was like, oh, why is it called Futekia? And I was trying to think, okay, Fu is for rotten, Teki, and I was like thinking of all of the iterations of Teki, and I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, and then, yeah, it's a shop, and then, and so I didn't think that it had that connection. So it was, it's really nice to hear that um, definition for Futekia. Really, it's it's just how Fujoshi are, you know. They really don't <laughs> care anymore. We're gonna do what we want. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, and you can see that to a certain extent on the website with all of these fantastic BL titles. And oh, um, yeah. for those who don't know of Tekia is an online manga service for, for BL and um, my interest is you said earlier that um, basically it was initially Manga Planet but Futekia was first launched before um, Manga Planet so I was wondering 
why was the BL line launched first? Mm-hmm. And then why did the company first look into BL titles? So I think we could start with why did the company first look into BL titles? And that has to do with when I was hired to the company, Fantasista, which is the company that runs Manga Point in particular. And so mm. at the time when they were hiring, they were just looking for someone to manage the Manga Planet blog um, and sort mm. of help out like with the Manga Planet like operations. And when they hired me, I was the only non like non-Japanese national, like foreign born, like foreign person in the office, basically. And so like mm-hmm. in the whole company. And so they hired me just to be like a the foreign person in the office to help create a service meant for foreign people. But during the interview process, I told them what my senior thesis was about, which was about like just basically PL and um, like the development of like BL history and like the idea of like the Fujoshi and things like that. And they were just like, oh, interesting. So I, basically from the very start, they knew that I was, that I love BL manga. And that's actually like the basis, like my, my fan consumption, my f- consumption as a manga fan is largely based around BL, along with like other manga too. I, I, I read like other genres as well, but a large portion of my interest is in BL manga. And so they knew that going in, like they knew that when they hired mm-hmm. me, like when they were deciding to hire me. And um, let's mm-hmm. see, so I was hired in, was it the winter of 2017? And around the February of 2018 was around the time when I proposed, why don't we have a service specifically for BL manga? Um, This is largely in part because they were afraid of having BL manga in Manga Planet, just because of how, um, when it it comes to like international distribution, um, different companies don't work kindly on more explicit content. So they avoid the impact BL manga might have uh, on like the manga planet functioning as a website, like functioning as a service. And so Fatikia okay. was branched off yeah, yeah. to just be a separate service just to protect manga planet as well. Um, and so mm-hmm. I. You need to keep your derotted content yeah, separate. <laughs> it's, it's also just because of just how credit card <laughs> companies and other places like that are really becoming more and more uh, restrictive when it comes to content. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so are. this is um, why, like, the, re- the the one of the, like, reasons why Fiteki is separate is, be- is, in, is trying to sort of cope with the realities of, like, online comic and manga publishing and distribution, mm. and the different, like, hurdles okay. of, in terms of, like, payment processes and just even, um, like, dealing with ads and things like that, like, trying to like it and promote things like mm. there are different hurdles because BL can't be seen as adult explicit content and so um it's it's it navigates this really strange like I like in my research as well BL is in that strange space of being in between porno yes. but not porno like and so I can imagine companies you know digesting that idea you know, why don't you just make it adult like it's not yeah like the reason so with manga planet actually we don't we don't publish like hentai or things like that but in the view of my bosses mm-hmm. my bosses are at when i was in the office like they were all men in their like 
40s and 50s. In their view, BL is not adult comics. It's not like hentai, basically. And so in their view, it's totally fine to publish because it, it is it is in that like gray area of like adult sort of content, but you don't, for, for the most part, recently there have been more of a trend where you have to show your ID when you buy certain BL comics, but for the most part, you don't need to show your ID at like animate or something like you do with other, like, yeah. you know, like definitely labeled adult comics. And so, but because yeah, yeah. like, because overseas, they have a different viewpoint of what is adult and things like that, we had to, we have to be careful. And so that's sort of the reason mm -hmm. why Fatikia became a separate brand, a separate website. Um, and so, yeah, so the, why did the, company first look into BL titles, I, I told them to, basically. <laughs> and and it's quite interesting. So given this story, like because it was your suggestion and then you encountered these hurdles, because I've um at least in part of my research looking to comic mm -hmm. creators um regionally and for example I have one comic creator who basically said, well, you know, I like drawing porn but I can't publish my porn online mm -hmm. and it took like a long campaign with different web hosting services with like maybe five she went through like five different web hosting services until eventually one of her old web comic hosts was like okay we're willing to put you in our R18 section mm -hmm. we fi we're finally developing an R18 section and you can put your web comic there mm -hmm. and but that was like a really long struggle because, you know, even um, looking for hosting services that say we do not allow adult content whatsoever, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then you have also payment services and so on. So that's really interesting that you also had to navigate that, especially one thing that I find fascinating is Futekia is available all over the globe. Yes. And, so far, and so it's good. not just... So far, so good, and I hope it stays that way because it's. I think it's really drawing in um, readers who, you know, would have accessed this a lot differently. And it's great that we are now looking or accessing these titles in a much more streamlined manner, mm -hmm. and in a way that we can also support the industry and the artists who are passionately making these works. And so. Um, and I've already, like, so now you've looked into BL titles, how was the acquisition process? How did that go? How, now that you've decided, okay, mm -hmm. let's push for BL titles first, mm -hmm. um, where did you turn? Where did you look first? Because one of the things that I find fascinating with Tekia is, um, when your brand was initially launched, you had some of the top stars of... Um, this Dujinshi event, um, mm -hmm. oh my god, the name is escaping me right now, Garden, Jay Garden. Oh, Jay Garden. Okay. Yeah, you have like Nakolat, mm -hmm. um, Ayu Yamane, am I correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, in, in your list, and I was surprised because I've only seen these ladies in Jay Garden, mm -hmm. and they've done really fantastic and very interesting BL work. So, what made you look into the Jinshi and then later on what made what was your sort of like curatorial decisions on which BL titles mm -hmm. to have? 
So uh, I forgot I forgot to add on to the last question as to why Fetikia launched first, and it has largely to do with BL publishers work a lot faster than um, non-BL genre um, editorial boards okay. and publishers. So that's the only reason why Fetikia launched first. It's just because mm. of the speed in which the BL publishers were accepting. Manga Planet takes a little bit more longer um, just because of um, there's there's a lot of other factors that could slow it down. And so that's that's the reason why Manga Planet launched in November of 2019, while launched in July of 2019. Um, originally, like mm -hmm. the I think the intention yeah. was to have them both launch, um, but it is just it takes a lot of work to get a lot of publishers to trust a new service and things like that. So that was largely the decision as to why, like, it, it may look like Fetekia launched first and was the first, like, uh, something that we started before, but actually Manga Plan had been in the works for a lot longer than Fetekia. Like, Fetekia only really started in February of 2018, uh -huh. while Manga Plan had existed as uh, just a brand, as a title, since 2012, and they had been working based from throughout 2017 into 2018 trying to get um, like publishers and things like that working. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I can imagine how tricky that is given, at least one of the things I learned from my friends in man um, global manga publishing is that getting global digital rights is another yes, story. It is and a I different, different game. So yeah. Um, so the question as to what was the decision behind so approaching, that was, um, so this is, has a lot to do with the company itself. Um, back in, like, mm -hmm. long before I, I came to the company, maybe 2015, Fantagista had an idea of having some sort of, like, networking website specifically for, um, like, doujin artists. And our, like, our company is an mm -hmm. animation company, like, before it became a manga, uh, like, mm -hmm. a manga service. And so a lot of the... A lot of the people who work at our company are also involved in the doujin scene and have experience like like going to mm -hmm. komiket and things like that and so my co-worker has a lot of experience of like manga planet imagery had published a couple of uh titles from like komiket like self-published like doujin titles and so our company mm -hmm. had a history of working directly with artists and so that was largely in part the decision for particular mm -hmm. to do that as well that's nice that's really nice and then, of course, you just went through your rounds of artists, um, etc. In terms of going through and, rounds, like um, I, I do think I'll, like even before I approach artists, I do think about whether or not they would have like how they would react to the proposal of having their works published in English. Like, what is, like, how would they be receptive? Like, like what would the reception be for overseas fans and things like that? And also, a couple of artists actually are vocal and do say they want to have their works in English. So uh, Hal Sensei and Ayumai Sensei were two artists who on their social media even said they had wanted their works in English even before I approached them. So there mm. are artists who are interested in having oh, the, okay. having that's a cool. global audience. It's just they don't know the resources or how to go about it sometimes. And then of course that's where Fotekia steps in. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of other companies that's... as well doing that too. So I, I, it's not that unusual I don't think nowadays, but yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, it, it, for me, I found it particularly um, unique, and in, and I think that's what got me interested, because for the longest time, um, you know, if we if we want to follow 
um, Udojin artists work, we just basically have to either buy their works at Mandarake, hunt it down, or um, we go to the event per se and purchase it there. And um, for me, the BL Dojinshi scene is very interesting because there's a lot of um, very interesting experimental work being done, not just within original BL, mm-hmm. but also in fan work. And, um, and I mentioned some of it in my talk where I said, like, you know, you have the likes of um, Harada, for example, who has been experimenting with different kinds of techniques used in um, ero manga, in BL manga, and it's shaking everybody up. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I don't know if, you know, a lot of BL fans are particularly ready for those kinds of works, but she was basically testing the water, so to speak, in BL manga. And so to see um, a brand respond to that. I mean, there are others, for example, like um, DL site, mm-hmm. um, which basically distributes um, gay komi and you know a select number of the Jinshi titles. Yeah, um, I, but I, I used to work at the English side of DL site. Um, yeah, when I just graduated from college. <laughs> and I mean, I, I. Even I, for a while, appreciate the DL side, but even for me, it wasn't, it didn't really cater to my BL interest. Like, there's a handful of interesting BL artists there, but, you know, I have to deal with the fact that it is an adult site. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I have to navigate all of the other things that I don't want to navigate in order to get what I want. Um, and then, of course, you have the larger, or at least the older American publishers who are also releasing online. And they don't tap Dojinshi artists. They, at least from my experience as a fan, um, I always felt that um, there was a time when they were still willing to experiment. And then after this big um, recession and the manga industry just fell, mm-hmm. then they had to look at the only tried and tested titles, tried mm-hmm. and tested authors. And even with tried and tested authors, they're you know, you have to convince them a lot that, you know, this is good BL work before they actually start caving in. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, fascinates me with Tekia is they have a very uh, eclectic collection that um, um, I, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you look at the foreign audience, etc. And also sometimes it's the eagerness of the author. But I must say... I'm quite, I was really quite impressed when one of the biggest, when one of your earliest titles was actually um, Maraki Domaki's Pornographer. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, wow. That's a, that's a favorite. <laughs> I know. And so I was, and, and the one thing that's interesting is that when you brought out Pornographer, Pornographer was still fresh, mm-hmm. meaning Usually, we have to wait like this entire two or three year plan with BL titles. Like, we, if you want it in English, we're going to wait for quite some while mm-hmm. um, for BL titles to come out. And But you had Pornographer, and then you were, I think, somewhere in the middle, you announced Mood Indigo while Mood Indigo was running. And I was like, wait, 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 this is quite amazing. <laughs> and then afterwards, you, you gave the hard blow, and I'm a big Komota Haruko fan that you also release some of her works. And I'm just yes. like, wow. So what was the story with this selection criteria? How did 
how did, for example, you find, how did you find this balance between something that's more um, unknown but really fantastic titles um, from doujinshi artists or even up-and-coming artists? And then you have like this heavy hitters, um, although Maruki Domaki is actually probably one of the newer authors as well, mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, but, but yeah, what was your selection criteria for Kotekia? I really, I really appreciate you noticing. Actually, um, I I put a lot of thought sometimes when we when we put together the list and the request to publishers. So I am really thankful that people notice. Um, no, we we I paid attention because the moment you place pornographer there, I'm like, what? That's why I ended up uh, subscri yeah. subscribing right away, even oh. if I couldn't read it at that time. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to pay for this company and hope that they continue. <laughs> oh, thank you. I hope we can continue as well. Like, we'll see how it goes. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of criteria, I think it might be it might be better to say rather than a strict criteria, criteria it's more that I have a philosophy about like a, sort of a general guideline, like an idea. To think about uh, when I'm picking up titles. So generally, like my goal from the start was to have a diversity of BL mm -hmm. titles, having a wide range to sort of show, like to have a wide range so international fans could also experience just the wide range of BL that is available in Japan. Yes. There yes. is so much variety. There's so many different stories that are being published, not only in just manga, but also just in the BL genre. And that, that was my motivation um, going that in. That was a good motivation. Uh, yeah, because I That's think... That's a real... Yeah, thank you. Um, like, when we look at the major English uh, officially licensed titles, the, some people might have sort of a monolithic or sort of like a narrow view of what's available out there. Um, and so I yeah. really wanted to add breadth and depth to the sort of titles available. Um, and so that's the that's, philosophy that's, itself is diversity. That's that's a great philosophy. And yeah. I do, I support it. Because oh, <laughs> even you. for me, um, I've been talking with people about BL. Um, I do like Kono BL Gayabai lists and analyze it from time to time. Mm -hmm. and. And more often than not, you know, when, when there are discourses on BL, people would chime in and said, oh, it's just this. It's always this yeah. forlorn, younger person, madly in love with this older person, so-and-so, mm -hmm. and, you know, all of these um, unrealistic criticized, yo oi hands, name it, you know, yeah. and, and all of these preconceived notions come in first, and you can't help it because these are the titles that are shelved mm -hmm. yeah. um, um, in the United States. And then when they look at Amazon in the U.S., these are also the titles that come out. Yeah. And and what's, what's fascinating for me at the time is that what they're actually seeing is just um, maybe BL from 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, these were yeah. These were already like in terms of what's happening in BL right now, just much more diverse, much more exciting mm -hmm. and interesting. Um, you know, uh, what's being what was being published then in the U um, in the U.S. or at least by American publishers were already titles that are outdated. And um, and yeah, at one point they went safe by getting these very familiar authors. And even 
for me, who doesn't love Yonedako, but, you know, Yonedako is not representative of what is <laughs> happening in, you know, a lot of things in BL right now. And, um, and you know, the legacy of her work is entirely different from, you know, the legacy of many others who have not been named or have not been published in English. And mm -hmm. um, so... I and I think it's only recently as well. Um, you have like Seven Seas, especially Seven Seas, are now like ag aggressive in publishing BL titles that are you know unique and different from. Uh, I think is it Seven Seas or Yan Press who did Gambare Nakamura Kun or something. Oh, that's like that. Seven Seas, I believe. Yeah, Seven Seas. Yeah, and so that's that for me was like wow, that's amazing because I wouldn't have seen a company invest in such a young author oh i would definitely want to license that title actually i was like oh that's such a good decision yeah and, and, and for me anything by shunday actually well no i'm not sure if anything by shunday is because uh, <laughs> she has some dark titles but um but shunday is a fantastic author yes and um and and so that's great to hear that um futekia is interested in that title and so uh, in, in that diversity so to speak mm -hmm. and um and yeah. this reminds me of conversations with friends like where can i read this bl manga that you're talking about and i'm <laughs> like it's unlicensed yeah <laughs> but now i can say well you go to Putekia, you read pornographer there you read um <laughs> i think i was for example shinjuku lucky hole is one of my um kind of like holy grails for um komoto haruko Mm. Um, uh, well, no, actually, I'm, maybe I'm just biased because I just love her in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, um, and so I've, I've been talking about it for the longest while. You know, I, I like how they talk about pornography, etc. And friends have been fascinated about it. And I show them the actual manga because I tell them, it's not available in English. So here, I'll read it to you while we're like together and I'll translate <laughs> it for you. <laughs> and that was how, you know, I just had to spread my love mm -hmm. for her work. Um, but it's great that you have something like Tutekia now really diversifying and really tapping all of these authors. Like, I did not expect Sneaky Red to be in your roster. Oh, I oh, I love Sneaky Red. Um, that's another... I, I, I do worry sometimes with my biases up here sometimes. I try not to have too many of like what my personal interests are in the in the in the Futekia library but I do there are certain titles where I'm just like this like if it's a complex title if it's just a really like a title that makes you think or makes you reconsider what BL is I really would like it in the Futekia library and so Sneaky um, Red is one of those titles for me Sneaky Red is actually for me an interesting license pornographer I think still touches in a very familiar and romantic ground mm -hmm. but Sneaky Red for there was a time when I think Renta published like a Q&A and they basically said um, why can't you publish this title and this author? Uh, someone asked why can't you publish this title and this author and they said mm -hmm. well we because of as you mentioned earlier global licenses and such we cannot publish or at least Renta said that we cannot publish anything that uh, features violence and so on mm -hmm. and the thing with BL is that I know that there is this preconceived notion of BL being, you know, non-con and violent, yeah. but 
Sneaky Red is a very interesting title. And I think I, in I terms think of, so, yeah. Yeah. And and for me, it's one of those um it's one of those intelligent BL titles mm-hmm. where if you don't, you know, push yourself to really think outside of the lines and really interrogate what this story is really trying to interrogate, mm-hmm. um, then you wouldn't appreciate it. Um, I was thinking about um, specifically about Sneaky Red because it is such um, a challenging title and I never expected it to be licensed. And But I think it's one of those BL titles that's actually... Uh, really intelligent because it interrogates boys love the notion of boys love mm-hmm. and I have the same at least when my friends and I read Sneaky Red and then we read Color Recipe we were saying this should you know should I feel comfortable reading this mm-hmm. um, should I still feel that moe that I'm supposed to feel with BL should I still feel that whole you know, heart-throbbing moment with BL when it's like this, when the story um, has reached this violent state where the term, the, the terms of love is already corrupted. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that very interesting because so far we've seen the typical romance in BL, people fall in love, etc. But with titles like Sneaky Red, where mm-hmm. you have this very... Uh, dark desire and dark notion of love. How do you right cater? How do you explain that to an audience? Did you have like any reactions from readers of Sneaky Red on your website? We actually uh, we get DMs saying thank you for publishing Sneaky Red. So actually, uh, I'm really grateful. <laughs> we haven't had any complaints about, it, and I was very worried about uh, the reactions yeah. to Sneaky Red when we selected it. Um, like I'm a, I personally really. Like, I love Tanato-sensei's stories, I love yeah. her artwork, um, and I, I, I did have a lot of qualms, I had a lot of worries about how Sneaky Red c- could be licensed. I think, another I, going back on the philosophy thing, like diversity, but also, there's, there is a refrain that's used a lot um, amongst like overseas readers of BL that say, like, oh, that will never be licensed. But... I want to change the perception, like, just me personally, just one of my goals is to change the perception of what can be licensed or what could be licensed. And I think it's a great idea because I've, I've been seeing this really interesting discussions about BL culture and BL stories in the last maybe five years. And it's because of this new movement in BL or at least this new energy in BL where all of the, I mean, it's part of Fujoshi culture. Fujoshi culture has always been very experimental. And now they're they're reaching that interesting experimental stage. You have mm-hmm. a lot of authors willing to risk it. You have editors also willing to experiment. And I'm happy Futekia is capturing that. I'm happy that other publishers are also catching up with that, like Seven mm-hmm. Seas and, um, and even Sublime. Yeah. So I, I think it's about time. Saying, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I, I I observe a lot of how people talk about BL manga. I just, like I just out of just trying to see what what how people are what like what is the what is the pulse of like the BL mm. fans international. So I just sort of observe how people talk about BL. What what's what is the general quote unquote discourse about it? 
And I just, I, I think it'll take a long time for things to change, but I really want things to change about how people perceive yeah. the genre and, and um, like that. And yeah, I, I hope Futekiya contributes, continues to contribute to that along with uh, other manga publishers because it's interesting. I mean, one of the interesting things I find in your website as well is your spice ratings. And this is uh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I think it was around 2017 or 2016, I gave a talk um, in one of the conventions in Manila and I was talking about um, Konobiel Gayabai titles. And 2017 was a time when you have the likes of Ran Maruzaria, Dune Coyote, mm-hmm. and so on. So a lot of nasty titles. And I was looking for a good metaphor for that. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend showed me like this Chinese um, restaurant with, you know, spice ratings for their noodles. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's so hilarious. I'm going to use it for BL as well. And so when I when I do my talks on Konobiya Gayabai and I try to explain to people how spicy this is, mm-hmm. I use spice ratings as well. And of course, I'm not going to say that you stole from me, <laughs> not at all, but I just like how you know, fans kind of like hive-minded. And yes, we're going to put a spice rating as well um, on our titles because, you know. Yeah. What was the logic behind your spice rating? Well, yeah. So the spice ratings on Fatekia are largely based off of how chirichiru.net marks ah. the level. Like, I, I think you're probably aware of like the Erodo levels that are marked yeah, yeah, on yeah. the titles and things like that. So, yeah. uh, like I wanted to have some sort of some sort of indicator to readers about like what level of like what degree of eroticness is in the title, um, and so I was talking. This has a lot more like the reason why it's chili peppers, the reason why it's formatted the way it is. It has so has a lot to do with just the the interface and the programming of the website, and so like mm-hmm. when we first started off, we wanted just to make it as simple and easy as possible. Uh, basically, and so I was talking with the development team about how we could best convey, like the, the erotic level, and so they just said, "Come up with a symbol, and then how the symbol indicate the level." And so I also mm-hmm. grew up with Chinese restaurants, so like Korean restaurants and Japanese restaurants in America having the like the spice level markers on the food and things like that. So I also grew up with that type of like demarcation and so I was like okay that seems like a convenient way uh, my boss is like which icon do you want to use and out of all the icons that exist the chili peppers <laughs> seem to be the most convenient <laughs> so that's the actual like thought process like the step-by-step thought process that went into uh the development of the chili pepper system basically so yeah. my question is what makes a one-star rating and what makes like two three are there are there things that you look for in a BL title so like, the, for example yeah when I read, so the first things I read in Patekia, and I'm not ashamed of this, are the five five spice rating. Because I want to see how nasty, how nasty yeah. they can get, and they can get nasty. Yes. Um, because for example, one of the things that caught, um, this was before I subscribed. Um, I remember seeing um an advertisement for Patekia, from about I'm gonna be your sex madonna or something like that oh and, yeah and yeah. so i was like what the hell is this and i was having such a good laugh at this title and then eventually when i found out that oh okay they're bringing pornographer i subscribe yeah um but what is your um identifier at least um so for- there's a 
Yeah, so it really depends on the title. Like it, it's sort of I like uh, I am I. It's a little hazy sometimes between the demarcations between like a three or four, or a five. Like five to four is a little bit more hazy. But generally, one chili pepper just means safer work. Like there's generally no mm-hmm. explicit scenes okay. or anything. Like occasional nudity, but like nothing like hardcore per se. Like mm-hmm. just safe for work is and the then, best way to put it. So two stars, starting for- from two stars onward, it's just not safe for work. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, and then, of course, you have the varying degrees of what is safer work, yes. non safer work. Yeah. So basically, the increasing level of uh, the chili pepper just indicates how hardcore it gets or how frequent the explicit scenes are. So, mm, it, like if it's yeah. every chapter. Yeah. Or so, like one of those, it just yeah, ends. Boom, 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 boom. Just erotic scenes like one after another, that's definitely a five chili pepper. But something for like a two chili pepper, it contains some nudity, like a few explicit scenes, and generally those explicit scenes are like toward the end of the story, not really at the start. Now it depends on the title, like it, sometimes there's some that like have a lot of explicit scenes at the start and then just like peters out to the end, but um, like generally- So this is based, Yeah. for example, this is mostly based on sex scenes, the spice level. Yes, yes. Uh, the spice level- So you don't it, consider, consider uh, for example, consider, um, the, like your Kashio title right now, I'm sorry, the, the English name is quite yes. long. Um, <laughs> but your Kashio title is quite yeah. dark and it's quite erotic. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me check the spice level of that Kashio title. It's uh, um, How to Kill a Heart? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So okay. How to Kill a Heart um, is at three. Yeah. So you don't factor in, for example, how dark the story No, it does, the chili peppers do not factor in like the darkness of the story. It's just the explicitness, basically, just how at Oto, basically. Ah. Uh, wait, the, I just the, checked the Futeki. I don't know. You now have Harta as well. Wow. You're going Sorry, to have Harta. Like, uh, except the Harta. Yeah, like, like, welcome to the VR Research Club. I just saw it now and like, <gasps> Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'm glad. Thank, thank you, Doing Publishing and Minibon. But yeah, so okay. uh, it has its. As as I stated before, it's entirely based off of the Edo like the idea, the sort of the spiritual parent of the chili peppers is based off of like the concept of the Edo in chilichiri.net. Okay, that's that's interesting, and I think that's comforting to know for some fans to read, and um, you know, especially if they're looking for something nasty for their mm-hmm. day or you know something more lighthearted, because um, again, and it's not driven by let's say. Um, for example, mature themes. Because I also noticed that, although you put tags, which is, I think, very helpful um, mm-hmm. for many readers, um, the you don't have, you don't necessarily flag um, things like explicit, mature um, stories. You kind of allow the fans to kind of like, okay, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what it's about. These are the simple tags that come with it. Whether you want to dive in or not, you know, that's your prerogative. Because, for example, um, I think, no, uh, the one with the cuckoo. Uh, oh, oh, um, yeah, um, Tomiko Sensei's. Um, Tomiko yes. Sensei's. Uh, Tomiko Sensei's. I'm, I'm remembering the Japanese title, but I want to say the English title. So give me <laughs> a second, give me a second. My brain, my brain is trying to, like, uh, process right now. I just came out of, like, another recording panel where we talked about uh, Dream of the Cuckoos. Yes. That yes. title, for example, um, it's 
if you came from your my sex star and expecting it to be a nasty one it's a little different it's it's yes. a very pensive title and the energy of your my sex star is completely different with um the dream cuckoo yeah and so but i like the fact that for example when you take your place you know i mean it has that four star rating so everybody knows about the sex etc but I'm trying to see the hashtags here. Um, you just basically give us classmates and love triangle. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's like, you know how um, stories these days are so over-described that you pretty much know what you're getting into. And mm -hmm. I think that's not the charm with BL titles. BL titles are like, pretty cover, I'm going to buy it. And then, oh God, apparently <laughs> this is... <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I don't know if people feel that it's something that I feel when I buy a physical copy of BL. I'm gonna buy it, you know, a really nice cover. It's really pretty, and then you know, it's something devastating, and it's like, <laughs> oh shit! Not not devastating in a bad way, but more often than not, it's like I felt this way when I bought like you know Nakamura Sumika's Double Mints, thinking, oh, you know, looks pretty, aesthetically pleasing, etc., and then. It's actually really fucked up, and, <laughs> yeah. and and you know the same thing with Tomical. You know, it's it's innocent looking. Yeah. Um, but I love that you just give the spice rating, but not giving so much to still allow the readers to kind of step in and sink into the story. It, it's really a balancing act, and we do get um, emails about the tagging system and things like that. Like trying to because there's there was a, uh, a strong preference for tagging and things like that. And I think that has a lot to do with like fan culture and fandom culture in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, like I I also take a lot of pleasure in just the surprise and seeing where a BL title can go. Um, I think maybe in that regard, I my consumption is very like like a Japanese BL fan in some regards, but... No, but I don't think... Yeah, no, I... I no, but I understand that sensation. Yeah. I think that's that's I think for a while that's what fans missed out when, you know, not recent years, but you know, back then when people were publishing safe titles and safe authors, mm -hmm. they know know what the authors do. They yeah. know what kind yeah. of stories they do and people already just sank in no uh, really just started reading and supporting these titles, knowing what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. And for me, you're right, there's that wonderful bit of discovery with BL and that's the, the joy and the excitement that comes with voice love yeah. or at least BL manga and um, I can imagine for example for some of your harder titles um, problems on censorship etc do you geolocate for example particular titles knowing that oh this particular country might have a problem with this title vis-a-vis -vis another? Um, so in general, our, our audience is global, like our license is a global license. And so it's yeah. difficult to try to cater specifically to one country or yeah. things like that. So we, we try to be mindful. We try to be mindful mm -hmm. in, in general broad strokes, but mm -hmm. it comes a lot down to just, we also have like the biggest factor actually when it comes to licensing is just the if we're able to license it so that it's 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 yeah. already pre 
it's already pre-selected in a sense because some authors actually don't mm -hmm. want their works overseas and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, oh. yeah, or just Fair like enough. there's different factors that come with like like having it like online distribution and subscriptions and like there's a lot of different factors that might have just even from the publishing and authors and not wanting it to be on Protecia and things like that rather than us not wanting it on Protecia if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cause I'm, I'm cause I'm wondering, um, um, there's this research done by um, Mark McLellan in Australia where um, mm. you have titles being, well, at least in New Zealand, their uh, particular animation title was banned. Um, yes. This was considered um, problematic and so on. And um, and for a while while working with him, you know, even- Oh, you worked with Mark like, McLellan? Sorry. Yes, I, I he's actually my- yeah, he, he actually, he was my supervisor. Oh, okay, that makes sense now, yeah. Uh, sorry, I yeah. went during my brief stint in trying to go and get into, like, Bee Academia, I did read a lot, I did a lot of reading of Michael Cleland's work, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's right. So I worked with him, and the funny thing is, when I was in Australia, I was really conscious of the things that I brought in, mm -hmm. and the things that, um, like, for example, um, I never bought a physical copy of Nichan. Ah, yeah. Because I know that if I got flagged in the airport, I might be considered um, taking home um, obscene material. Yes. That's considered yeah. obscene material. It features the minor being sexually abused, etc., etc. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And then it's reached a point where, for example, um, you know, my, my I know my supervisors as well. I know Mark Mark can pretty much access whatever he wants, but even he is being careful when asking that. It's like, do you have Embracing Love, for example, um, by you know uh, Yoko Nita? Because mm -hmm. I need to you know research something and so on. And I'm like, fortunately, I do. But you could get your own copy. And he's like, I'm not sure. I don't want to go in the VL site, and you know, I might be flagged as because you know, of course. There's that preconceived notion that, you know, if you're um, on a white adult male mm -hmm. accessing materials con containing sexual uh, content, mm -hmm. some of them might feature minors, right? Yeah. Then, you know, that's an entirely... And it, and it affects um, our research process. Um, mm -hmm. It certainly affected mine. What are the... Like, there are doujinshi that I bought or manga that I bought that I left behind in Japan because I'm like, oh my God, if they open my suitcase, I cannot bring this home, you know? And so I was yeah. wondering if, you know, um, yeah. and if Lutekia, um has thought of these things or these are like something that you'll stumble upon when it happens. So it's something that actually my, uh, when I say like, uh, and it, it's something that I take into consideration pretty deeply. Mm. Um, just, there is a growing, I don't, I don't know if you'd call it conservatism, but a growing sort of tightening of interpretations of what's acceptable, what's problematic, what's legal, what isn't yes. legal, and things like that. And so we do, um, we do. I think I heard it in like in a, in um, Fujikon, the purity politics in. Yes. Uh, yeah, I I grew up in a area of the United States that is pretty like even though it's California, it was a very conservative area of California. So a lot of the sentiments that is voiced in like what would be called anti-culture, the purity culture and things like that are something that actually I was raised with and something that I'm hyper aware of in a way 
Um, yeah. And so it's it's in the back of yeah. my mind when we're selecting titles, when we're seeking out which publishers to contact, which artists to contact. It's something to that we're very aware of, at least in terms of like in the curation end of things. Um, it's difficult. Like I think there's one title that people always ask for. Uh, it's Super Lovers, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I think. I'm not sure if anyone. No, okay. So there's been an ongoing history, I think, of Sublime being approached and asked if they could license Super Lovers, right? But they actually say they can't just because of the content. Okay. And so Mm. we haven't really been put in that type of position before where we're asked, like, like we have the opportunity to license this title or something. And it's, it's a title that would be very questionable and things like that. Like we haven't, we haven't encountered it like, a lot of it like there have there, there was one incident with like an artist be a like a Georgian artist had like content that would definitely not fly in terms of what um is acceptable by like international audiences and so we had to not publish it on stick yet but that it, it, it happens very rarely but it's something that we try to keep in mind like that's not a very good answer. Like it's just we have to. We have no, to, no, no. That's that's a very good we answer. We have to be careful. Like we have to be conscious. I think. Yes. Yeah, and I think that con. I appreciate that. Um, as editor, you were very conscious of it, but I also appreciate that there are some titles where you know what I'm going to risk it for this because it's a good title. Yeah. For example, um, Dayo's Young Good Boyfriend. Is, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's one of my favorite titles as well. I, I basically was singing songs when you guys license it. Um, mm-hmm. I think Dayo is one of more one of the more dynamic and funny authors in BL right now. And um, and, and and Young Good Boyfriend technically for anyone who's uh, into this whole anti BL purity uh, culture is that you know it's it's an it's a teacher fall, a student and a teacher falling in love. Yes. And that's like alarm bells left and right. Mm-hmm. But I think Dayo did it quite well. I mean, it wasn't distasteful. It wasn't, it was yeah. quite mindful and very, you know, and so I, I appreciate that even if you're conscious of these issues, there are titles that you're willing to risk it. Definitely. Yeah. Like I, Dayo's approach to the relationship and like the Dayo seemed like Dai, when in the manga itself, there is an awareness of the, like the transgressive nature of that type of relationship and the way it's conveyed in the manga it's very elegant in a way I thought so that's that's partially why we were decided to risk it um mm. right like, and and it and mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if it's one of your popular titles but it's still one of the ones closest to my heart so I, <laughs> I appreciate that I'm glad um, yeah yeah, that you that you looked into that and weighed it. And and to be honest, one of the fascinating things with Teki as well is that um, a lot of this experimentation in manga is being done by at least for me. There are a lot of publishers um, experimenting with um, interesting stories, mm-hmm. and one of the anthologies that does that best and have been renowned for that is On Blue and. Mm-hmm. Futekia has been quite, you know, um, vigilant in, you know, catching the titles and like we're interested in this, you know, I think it would be something our audiences would be mm-hmm. into, you know, and I, and, and for me, if you really want diversity, that's one of the magazines you look into. I noticed that, um, 
I mean, if I have a wish, I wish I could bring in some fusion product titles, but that's another story sometime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, since you're, you know, quite immersed with um, BL manga culture, I want to ask, what are the interesting BL trends that you think um, Putekia readers would find interesting on your website? Like, what are the trends that you think um, that's happening in BL right now? I think it's really echoing, like, what we talked about earlier. Like, I, I really mm -mm. I really want people to read a title on Putekia and be like, is this BL? Like, it, I want titles to challenge what their preconceived notions are of BL manga or the genre, basically. Mm -hmm. So that I, that's mm -hmm. a trend um, that I think readers could see in the website, I hope. It's just titles that yeah. sort of expand, like, titles that are, is this BL? Like, I, it, it is, but it's not, it doesn't fit into, like, what I perceived it to be. And so I think if that if that could be called a trend, I I would like that to be the trend that people see in the library. That's uh, I think trend for global BL. I I mean at least for global consumption of BL manga, that's an interesting trend to see the diversity. Um, for those who have been immersed in Japanese BL manga mm -hmm. for a while, that's nothing new. In fact, it's something that keeps us in in the genre. But for those from around the globe who've been exposed to a specific set yeah. of titles, you know, contributing to that diversity really helps. One of the things that I find interesting is that you have this polarity in mm -hmm. Futekia that um, captures this really wonderful trend on BL. One is this succulently sweet and innocent romance. Mm -hmm. And it's not even succulently sweet. Um, uh, Tanats Atsukochi, the one that uh, won Konobiyogaya by this. Yeah. Yeah. Here, there, and us. That is, yeah. That Lincoln Ring, um, uh, Life Senjo no Bokara, which is not on, on Futekia, but, you know, these titles that mm -hmm. are not necessarily um, blatantly romantic, so to speak, but mm -hmm. kind of builds up on this interesting exploration of a relationship. Mm -hmm. in a very slow pace. It's like a slow burn, a wonderful yeah. slow burn that just grows and develops into this wonderful story. And, th and I think Thanats is a really great example of that with her, new, um, with her winning title. And then you have the super nasty ones, which I spoke about in my talk. <laughs> and it's an interesting polarity because here you have this pure innocent romance of youth of of um exploration of romance or notions of it of love mm -hmm. and then here you have nothing but just sexual lust and you know banging from left and right you know and and, and you know you have um there was one um i think it was golden golden sparkle the one about masturbating um, Sorry. There, you have a title on Tekia called Golden Sparkle, which is also oh, on the yes. list of yeah. um, list of best BL titles that came out, and that's like I think that's a three star on your on your <laughs> site. But um, but the idea of it of you know young boys exploring their sexuality through mutual masturbation was quite. Huh. Did I want to read this? Maybe. 
but you know it's something that you never thought a BL reader would be in because we've been always on the space of romance like we want to see you know the setup mm-hmm. the date and then the sex maybe mm-hmm. and then they get married in the end yeah so I like that I like that interesting trends that's emerging in Putakia and so on and it really well to your purpose it contributes to the diversity of the genre and I'm happy that foreign readers can now get a taste of it through your site oh I'm glad yeah um, sorry I'm just like I'm using this podcast to sing phrases to Putakia now that I've been reading (laughs) um (laughs) with Um, that in mind, do you have three personal favorite titles on Futekia? Uh, it's hard to narrow it down to three, honestly. It's it's very, very, very difficult. Um, I also might show a lot of my biases, too. Um, <laughs> three of my favorite Futekia titles. I think I we mentioned it a lot before. Like, I really love Tanato-sensei. So, it's a split between Achirakochi, I mean, Here, There, and Us, and Sneaky Red, which is mm-hmm. which is an odd split when you think about it, because there's such diametrically opposed titles in a way, like, thematically and just yeah. execution-wise. But I love, I think it's fascinating that it comes from the same artist. Like, I just, I just, both of them, like, paired together, I just, oh, uh, sorry. I, I just, I love it so much. Like I guess if, <laughs> no, that's that's fair. If we could combo it as one, like sneaky red and here and there and us, like co- one combo. Um, I okay. don't I don't recommend sneaky red to a lot of people just out of like, like not fear, but just out of like recognition that it has content in it that's not probably um what people expect or want. So um, but like for me, mm-hmm. if I have like a BL reading assignment to some kid, etc., I would like my student to read them side by side mm. just to you know yeah you know see that you know it, the stories in BL can be like this but it can also be this you know? yeah and I totally yeah. get it why it's difficult to choose one from those two those are really two solid titles yeah um I think I might actually end up filling it for but like uh this one's just because I just the like my Uh, I was I was really 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 annoying when we went to Shodensha, um, and we were asking for titles. But um, Shinjuku Wakiho by uh, like mm. uh, Kumoto Haruka, like Haruko, is by far one of my most favorite BL titles. I know some people might be like, "Oh, it's so old or it's so like whatever," but I I genuinely love that title. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love Sakura. Go on, like, Sakura. I love you. Um, Um, yes, sexy AM. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> when they came out with Shinjuku Lucky Hole 2, like, right around the time when we were getting the license, like, when we were negotiating with Shodensha, um, it was right around the time when Shinjuku Lucky Hole 2 came out, I was just, uh, please, could we please have Shinjuku Lucky Hole 2 and 1, like, uh, like, I was, I was probably very, very annoying, um, when we were talking to the rights people, but, uh, those, like, I genuinely, genuinely love Shinjuku Hole. Um, I have a t-shirt. I have like random goods around the house related to that title. Like I just genuinely love. I I have a well, no, this is not related to Shinjuku Hole, but it's still Komoto Haruko related. Um, I have a bento 
canvas bag for Itosino Nekoke. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I remember, which I remember buying. Um, I was going to Fukuoka for research. Um, my train stopped at. I wasn't. Um, I had like a, a long break. I my train stopped at Shinosaka, so I decided to go to Denden Town. And as mm-hmm. soon as Animate opened, I ended up buying it because it was it was a limited good, and I had to get it like first thing in the morning before it <laughs> runs out. <laughs> and so uh, I got that um, canvas bag with like uh, I forgot which which um, volume of Itoshino Nekoke, but mm-hmm. no, I understand. Um, the Komota Haruko Love. So Shinjuku Lucky Hole, that's also like a fantastic um, yeah. license. And I'm so happy that you guys got it. I I think very few authors can match the humor, the drama, and the nastiness mm-hmm. of, like, if there's, it's just, if there's such a thing um, that Komota Haruko does. Rarely, yeah. I think Shunde comes close, mm-hmm. um, but Shunde cannot. I haven't read the Shunde work that goes as nasty as Kumota Haruko, but there's a casualness to her to Kumota Haruko the way she does it, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's and it's it's so organic. It's so wonderful and organic, and nothing feels out of place or nothing feels. I mean, you know, it's exaggerated, but mm-hmm. not. Yeah. I don't know how to best say, but <laughs> no, yeah. I, I I know the I know the feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I yeah. love that title. Sorry, so we're so sorry. Yeah, no, okay. I love the title as well. Yeah. Uh, That's a great. I don't know. And then your last God, recommendation. So what are your favorite? It's so so hard. Like I have so many other titles I want to list. Uh, uh, like I I probably just I'm looking at my room probably like. The I should just go based off of like the deck like the decor of like just my room, but like uh I I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware of like Mushiba Sensei. Um mm-hmm. I I I love the kinetic energy of her manga. Like there's it has a lot of like, it's it's not a normal it doesn't feel like a if it the pacing is not quite what you expect from a BL title, like the the way the humor Works in like a lot of her works, and so I really, I really love uh, Heaven and the Hell. Yes, that's a funny yeah. title. I haven't read. Yeah. Oh, is she... sorry. Just check the site now. God it um, God is probably left-handed. Am I correct? Yes. So that's another Mushiba title as well. That is a very interesting title for me. Yeah. Like, it's uh like, I think. It's un, it, it's her titles are just it's just unexpected and I, I really enjoy how like unpredictable it feels a little bit, in a way. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I have a huge poster of the of the two characters from Heaven and the Hell in my room, um, <laughs> just because I just love I, I I have a soft spot for like stories that include like incubus characters and things like that. So that could possibly <laughs> be why. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Heaven and the Hell is. Is definitely like it has a soft like I have a soft spot in my heart for it. But I also love all the like all the BL from the the independent artists we have, and so many other titles that I can't list right now. But yeah, I I can't imagine like um, <laughs> for example, I I never had the chance to read Ayu Yamane's work 
um, I think I managed to only buy one dojinshi from her mm-hmm. um, from Komitya before and you know because a lot of the critics like BL critics would mention her name like you know this 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 is the kind of work mm-hmm. that happens um, outside yes. of commercial publishing like you have indie stories like this and you know Ayu Yaman is like one of those fantastic authors who's working outside of commercial BL publications and you know and I'm happy now that I get to read her work um, yeah I'm so I'm so glad yeah I'm so glad Ayu Yaman sensei has been able to have like an international audience um, just because, like, yeah, 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 I feel like her her stories definitely are not what you generally see in the in the shogyo and the commercial publishing scene. But I, I think they're def- like her her stories definitely have a place in people's like. I think people should read her work. More people should read her work. Like, uh, so I'm so grateful that she's been able to like work with us and she trusts us enough to let us work with her. But yeah, Mo- Monja and I is one of my favorites. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, at least for those who are looking for nasty stuff, there's always Nakula. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, uh, I think now's a great time to be a BL fan with mm-hmm. um, your site and many other publishers um, willing, more than willing to experiment with you know new titles and you know even old titles i don't know if you really consider it old like um bl i think it's bl um welcome to bl research Mm, is a a little old um but nonetheless um i think it's an interesting it's a very interesting title it just came out (laughs) i saw it now it just came out of the techia um you know and it's um yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, one thing I really wish, I mean, I hope, I hope we have the opportunity in the future. I really, 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 really want to get like early, early, even before the word BL was used titles, like when, when that title might've been published under like a shoujo label, but is now categorized and sold in digital publish like places as BL. Like I really want those titles in the library. Oh, there's this, um, um, there's this one title that I wish would be, and not that I, I mean, if I had the wish list, and if you guys are willing to work on it or oh, not. Oh, I mean, we get, we get I'm not, I'm not expecting, you can send me a request. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but one of those old BL titles, it's like a BL title, and um, this is where um, a lot of my friends were like um, arguing over whether Banana Fish was BL or not. I said, no, it's actually a shoujo title, but <laughs> it was it's a shoujo title, but it ran under the magazine that ran, that experimented with Shonen Ai. And mm-hmm. it was probably the last of that. And um, going back to her works, Akimi Yoshida's, mm-hmm. um, California Monogatari is an interesting um, title. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I mean, it's not BL as we know it now. But it has the traces of it, you know, back then when BL characters were all from the were all from Western countries, mm-hmm. and they were blonde and so on, and or they were rock stars and so on, and those are like one of those interesting legacies, you know. Yeah, like I really, history. I, I would like to. So we have the diversity, but I also like to have titles that convey like the history almost. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, that's also sort but of. I, a... I can imagine. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine the licensing. 
Yeah, I mean, well, uh, craziness. Because, I mean, a lot of the, it's, I've seen, for example, Tutera ignored mm-hmm. <laughs> and gone to bust, um, despite being a fantastic um, pseudo BL title and a fantastic science fiction. It's a Takamiya Keiko title. Mm. Um, uh, and so that's, that's unfortunate. And, I mean, hopefully, Patekia gets to have a chance to do some of those classic Yotago works and just to give us a taste of what's really out there. Because I think we're just now scratching the surface. And, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. We, and, and, you know, um, Renta's doing their own contribution as well, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own roster of authors. Um, quite a lot on the digital and erotic, uh, digital published um, titles um, and, and authors such as uh, what you call this. Um, they have Scarlet Medical for some of their um, works, mm-hmm. etc. And you know, you have Futekia with um, not just Shodensha, you also have some from uh, not Doc Bloom, right? Um, that's the other anthology and or at least webcomic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have. That I've seen. Yeah, so right now we have Shodensha, Homsha, uh, Julian Publishing through Medibon, but also we're working with Awashupan, MediaSoft, and Libre in the coming months. So we'll see. You'll see like a different. Ooh, yeah, we'll see a different trend in terms of what's coming next. Yeah. I am excited. <laughs> I know, like you, you, you had a couple of announcements that have already excited me, and so. I'm looking oh, forward God. to it. And so um, thank you very much, Emma, for your oh, time. Thank you. And I really appreciate I really appreciate um, y- your insight on Tekia's um, acquisition decisions, mm-hmm. example, license acquisition decisions, and of course, um, your philosophy of um, diversifying um, BL, access to BL titles um, for mm-hmm. global audience. So thank you. I want to thank Emma for indulging me for this hour-long talk about Fetekia and how their service offers us the joy of browsing through their shelf like we're shopping in the shelves of Toranoana or Anime. The options they offer brings much diversity to our BL experience, showcasing the growth of the genre and also its potential. If you like what you heard about Futekia, don't hesitate to follow them on Twitter at Futekia and visit their website www.futekia.com. At the same time, thank you for listening to FujojuCast. You can follow us on Apple iTunes and Papapam. I've also placed the podcast on Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at Kirsten and please do not hesitate to let me know what you thought of the show and what you wish to hear from it. Cheers and enjoy the rest of Yoi no Hi. Bye everyone!